I want to say more about this because the best we can do is dispose ourselves for the Lord's presence. One of my regular prayers, and I don't doubt yours, but I will read it now, is the prayer of beginning of the day from Metropolitan Philaret. O Lord, grant me to greet the coming day in peace. Help me in all things to rely upon thy holy will. In every hour of the day, reveal thy will to me. Bless my dealings with all who surround me. Teach me to treat all that comes to me throughout the day with peace of soul, with a firm conviction that thy will governs all. In all my deeds and words, guide my thoughts and feelings. And here's the zinger sentence. In unforeseen events, let me not forget that all are sent by thee. Teach me to act firmly and wisely without embittering and embarrassing others. Give me the strength to bear the fatigue of the coming day with all that it shall bring. Direct my will. Teach me to pray. Pray thou thyself in me. Amen. In all unforeseen events. And do you know what? Most of life is unforeseen. All are sent by God. All that's not seen is sent by God. Therefore... Everything that happens to me is from God if it's not sin, including my own thoughts. They're not my thoughts. The thoughts that God is at least allowing. And he wants me to do something with them, give them back. If they're rotten thoughts, just say, Lord, they're rotten thoughts, and I turn them over to you. And you and I know how rotten and disturbing and... Weird our thoughts can be. My wife, when she was alive, I don't know how to say this, but she used to say that I was Walter Mitty, that I had my own little world inside my head, and I lived inside my own bubble. But in some way, she was kind of envious of that world, however she sought to be. And she said to me, Al, I'd love to spend one day inside your head. <laughs> I said, I love you too much to ever wish that on you. You don't want to go in, that's a dangerous neighborhood. <laughs> thoughts. We have a lot more control over our thoughts than we give ourselves credit for. But basically, they're from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he wants us to, to deal with them. We're not a victim of our thoughts. This is where we differ from the culture. Again, this is radically countercultural because the culture is built on William James and stream of consciousness. Get in your canoe and float in your stream of consciousness, see what comes up. No, please. If the truth be told, as I understand it, most of the culture is, is Darwinian, is deterministic, way down. We really can't change. That's basically what's at stake. We can't change. Because at base, religion comes down to two kinds. There are only two kinds of religion. Christ or nature. That's all there is. And if you really look at stuff, that's all people have. If you believe in Christ, you believe in Christ. If not, you look at nature. And you know what? Nature is vicious. I don't care about all this talk about dolphins and rainbows. And... No. No. The eagle does overtake the dove. That's the way it is. 
And in nature, one of two things happen. You either eat or you're eaten. And when you translate that into human life, you can doctor it and call it anything you want. It becomes a very difficult way to live. And Christianity is freeing because the Christian message is we can change. Through baptism, we can change our whole lifetime. And the culture says, in essence, we can't change. You really So do whatever you're going to do, but you can't change, basically. Mm-hmm. Because God, in his providence, is doing this. So I'm going to keep asking us to say, at least for these few days, to say it is the Lord, because it is the Lord. The Lord is under some guise in some suffering or duty or whatever comes our way. And all we have to do is lift the veil as best we can. Nothing happens without it coming through God. So we regard all creatures as feeble tools serving our purpose, or serving his purpose. And they were in want of nothing, as has been said. I'll close this little part of tonight's talk with a story from the Desert Fathers that I love. An elder sick was tended by a young disciple who was overzealous. And hanging on the wall were two casks, one of linseed oil and one of honey. And one day, and linseed oil, I've never tasted it, but apparently it's pretty rank. This young disciple, feeding his elder, took the linseed oil by mistake and poured it on the oatmeal. And the elder tasted it and said, I'm not hungry today, thank you. (laughs) And the disciple became insistent, oh, no, Abba, you're sickly, you must eat, you must get nourishment, eat, eat, eat. So he took another bite and he said, I just can't eat today. So the disciple began to feed him. And, and he just wouldn't take it. So then the disciple said, I'll show you. And he took a, a bite himself and he realized it was linseed oil. He said, oh, Abba, I'm so sorry that I gave you linseed oil instead of funny. I'm, forgive me, I'm just so sorry, so sorry. Please, please, please. Are you all right? And the elder said, oh, I'm fine. And you relax, because if God wanted me to have honey, I'd have had honey. That's the way it is. If God wanted me to have honey, I'd have had honey. Because it is the Lord.